It is live at Five Sports. Jim Suhan joining us from the Star Tribune and Talk North podcast. We're brought to you Monday through Friday by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. I haven't checked the weather to see what the conditions are like where Todd is down in Phoenix, but hopefully they're a little nicer than here. Jim, we touched 50 degrees for about 30 seconds today. And then we started to go down again with the clouds kind of coming in this afternoon. Uh, uh, the Twins off to kind of a, a tough start, too, it sounds like, at Target Field. Yeah, I'm at Target Field right now, and it's warm enough. It's sunny. It's an, actually a nice day at the ballpark. Uh, Twins are down 5-1. to one. We're talking here in the afternoon. Twins are down 5-1. to one. Miranda just homered. Maeda just uh, is off to a, a rough start. Uh, he, he just doesn't really have a lot of life on his pitches. He's coming off an ankle injury. He dove for a bunt in the second inning and appeared to tweak his back or something. So uh, Maya is not having an easy go of it here right now. But, hey, Twins won the season series against the Yankees for the first time since 2001. No matter what happens today, that is a fact. Yeah, and that's terrific. And now if we would so happen to play them in the playoffs, it'd be nice to snap that losing streak. Uh, well, yeah, that is the that is the goal, and uh, you know, then that certainly is in play here. I think the Twins are the best team in their division. Uh, you would expect the Yankees right now are not playing particularly well, uh, but you would expect them to rally at some point and be a playoff team. And uh, you know, they needed to get past the stigma of playing the Yankees, and winning uh, the regular season series will probably help with that. But eventually, they're going to have to beat the Yankees in the postseason to feel good about it. You know, I keep scratching my head. Uh, Tampa Bay is not impressed with the Yankees. It seems like even when they haven't been that good, they always battle New York tough. And, of course, they see a lot of them, or at least they used to, the way the unbalanced schedule was. But uh, how do you explain that, that Tampa, you know what, 20-4? and four? I mean, it's just uh, I, I just can't figure that team out. And, and the Yankees is one of the teams they do not fear, it seems like. Yeah, well, they're kind of – Two, two different subjects. Number one is why are the Rays so good this year? Uh, you know, the, the interesting thing is you look at the best teams in the American League at the moment, they're none of the big market teams. It, it's, it's teams that have been struggling in recent years or that typically don't spend as much money on payroll. Uh, the Rays are, you know, have been one of the best run organizations in pro sports for a while now. And it just feels like all their pitching depth, their player development is all coming together in a magical month. Uh, and it's great to see. I really like the organization. Uh, Kevin Cash is like really good friends with Rocco Baldelli. He's known to be a really good person. Uh, it's just cool to see that that happen. It's also cool to see smaller market teams on the rise. Uh, the other factor is why the Rays play well against the Yankees. Where I actually talked to a couple of Twins people about that today. They're saying, you know, one of the problems for the Twins has been that you know they don't play the they only usually. Uh, only play the Yankees once home, once on the road. And so the the series gets built up to be a bigger deal than it actually should be. Um, you know, baseball players are best when they kind of earn a routine, just playing things out. And the Rays, they see them in spring. They, they see them all the time in spring training, and they see them constantly during the regular season. So no one series is ever made out to be that important. They just play the Yankees a lot because they play the Yankees a lot. There's, so there's no real challenge there. You know, that, that makes perfect sense. I'd never really thought of it that way. But, uh, yeah, it's probably like the Twins playing Kansas City. Right. It's exactly the same. Uh, they just don't – it's just a, a, something they do all the time. It's not something they ever worry about. Well, uh, this homestand will continue against Kansas City. Uh, they're struggling. The whole division, other than the Twins, uh, really not setting any uh, you know world records. Uh, the one team that probably surprises me a little bit that's off to as slow a start as they are is Chicago. 
And just, you know, it's just not a very trustworthy franchise. They just, they have, they always have talent. They always seem to underperform. Um, maybe always is too strong a word, but it's just a team you don't trust. And last year they had the excuse of, okay, Tony the Russo is an older manager and, you know, uh, and he didn't mix well or he didn't, his, 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 his personality didn't mesh well. He's just now they have a new manager and they still are underperforming. I just don't think it's a very well-run franchise. You know, I talk about the, you know, how you run your organization at some point is going to show up on the field. And the Rays are a first-class, intelligent, highly intelligent organization. Uh, and the White Sox aren't. And it usually shows up on the field eventually with the White Sox. Which I think makes a perfect transition into uh, the Timberwolves. A lot of people would not accuse them of being a well-rounded, uh, well-run organization for all the years they've been at it now. Well, they've been one of the worst franchises in sports for a long time, and generally in the entire history of their existence. With one, they've had one good year, um, you know, one really impressive year. Uh, I would say that they have started changing that. They invested a lot of money in somebody who's supposed to be one of their best general managers in basketball, Tim Connolly. Uh, they're bringing a new ownership that's going to be very aggressive. They are spent. They are no. They have no qualms about spending a lot of money. They have no qualms about being aggressive. Only quite you now. Now they just have to have their moves pay off. And I know you know two things. I always hear from Timberwolves fans. Number one, how did you give up that much for Gobert? Number two, you know what's wrong with Carl Anthony Towns? Um, and you know what? I understand the basis for those concerns and questions. I can see this team being very good next year. This year, uh, Towns gets sick in training camp, starts the season slow. Uh, by the time he and Gobert started really playing together, he gets injured. He's out for 52 games. Uh, they trade point guards during the season. Then they go into the playoffs without Nas Reed and Jaden McDaniels. And then Kyle Anderson doesn't play in the elimination game. This was a typical, you know, They've also they've been a bad organization. They've also had horrible luck. This was another year of horrible luck for them. I think if this roster is healthy and plays together, I think they got a chance to go from 42 wins to 48, 50 wins, and be a fourth seed instead of a you know a play-in uh, team. And you know, I I just think it's all there. I think they just need health and continuity, and this is going to be a good team. Yeah, and you really outlined that in your uh, article today, the 10-point plan uh, for the Timberwolves. And, you know, at the end of the game last night, you had both the big guys fouled out, and I think Jim Pete uh, referred to it. I think Chris Finch, too. They they seemed like they kind of hit the wall there in that fourth quarter. Altitude probably played a part of it again. The fact they were shorthanded. Uh, you know, they did wilt a little bit down the stretch. Uh, well, they did, uh, they all, and they almost, you know, if Anthony Edwards hit that last shot, they might have a chance to win it. But, it, I mean, with McDaniels, Reed out, and then Kyle Anderson out yesterday, and with Jalen Noel not playing well, they just had a very shallow uh, rotation. And uh, and they had really no third big man who could come in and help them in a game of importance. That's where Nas Reed would have helped a lot. So, once again, kind of a combination of bad luck, bad timing. Uh, I, I'm all, Actually, though, Listen, I, I watched the first couple of games of this series, and I thought, oh, God, same old Timberwolves. I thought the last three games, playing against the number one seed in the West, uh, without some of their key players, I thought they played really well. I thought, uh, you go back and look at the box scores the last three games. Look at what Towns, Edwards, and Gobert did while playing together. They were good. They were, good. They were really good. They almost uh, extended this thing to six games. Uh, they won a big game at home. 
I, I think you actually saw some growth here in the last three games. You know, and another guy, and I know Murray ended up with uh, 35 points, uh, but still, uh, I thought that Nah, as they call him, uh, you couldn't play better defense. I mean, he was literally in his hip pocket the whole game. And I think that was probably the biggest development the last couple of games is, you know, Murray dominated the series early, and the last few games they defended him much better. They made it much tougher on him. And he's a great player, and he still found a way to, to score in Game 5 but it, it was much harder for him to get those points late in the series than it was earlier. You know, and you talk about bad luck, you know, to get scraped in the eye like that from a teammate. I know it can happen, you know, in the in the fray there underneath the basket, but just talk about really bad luck, and I know Ant even referred to, you know, slow. He said if we'd have had slow, we'd have won tonight, and I kind of think they might have. I agree with that. Uh, in a lot of ways, Kyle Anderson was their best player overall this year in terms of uh, leadership thinking, playing, giving the team what it needed whenever it needed that. Obviously, talent, obviously uh, Edwards is their best player, but, but you know, in terms of just overall value, coach on the floor type guy, Anderson was that guy. If they have Anderson, then, you know, uh, Towns and Gobert probably play a few fewer minutes, probably don't foul out, and they probably they might win that game down the stretch. Let's switch gears to the Wild. You know you're playing a team that's got an excellent power play, so why not uh, take a major penalty right right early in the game and give them, <laughs> give them a big advantage right out of the gate? I know a lot of Wild fans are just complaining that uh, Foligno has had unfair penalties called against him. But if you want to fly around the ice like a, a madman, uh, when you make contact, they might call a penalty on you. You know, I, I had a great basketball coach once tell me, uh, officials don't call what happens. Officials call what they can see. And it's up, your part of your job is to not make it look like you're committing a foul. Well, Felino looks like he's committing a penalty every three seconds. Uh, and you can say afterward, oh, boy, he didn't really commit that penalty. But if you're flying around wild with your limbs all over the place and you're hitting people uh, without even squaring them up, I mean, you're going to get called. And that was a good call. That one, the previous game... Uh, you can, uh, you know, he had a couple penalties calling him that probably weren't technically penalties. They just kind of look like them. Last night, that's a penalty. You know, and again, uh, Dallas is able to capitalize so quickly on these power plays. Isn't that three different times they've scored literally in seconds after yep. getting the man advantage? Uh, what do you? I mean, I guess they do. They're one. They, aren't they the best team in faceoffs or one of the best? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the Wild can do, but they got to do something different, or you know, they'll be looking at golf season. I guess. Yep, and uh, and this feels a lot like last year where the Wild looked pretty good for a couple of games, then the other team figured them out, and then it was all over. Um, I do think, you know, one thing Doug Risebury used to always tell me is if you can't, you know, there are certain people who can win face-offs cleanly, but if you're not one of the people who can win a face-off cleanly, then your job is to tie up the, the guy, your opponent, tie up the puck, and get wait for help to come. And... The Wild are not doing that. They're losing the face-offs really cleanly. Jim, it's always fun to catch up with you. I'll be back on Friday, but uh, you'll be visiting with J.P. Cola, our news director and sports aficionado, tomorrow on Live at Five Sports. Enjoy the rest of the game and have a good uh, evening. Great. Thank you, Bill.